It's time for the Hokie Hour on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Talk Network. Now from the Makadoo Studio, here's Tim Donnelly. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7103.5, AM as well. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Anything you want to say to your, your fiancé, Lobro? Just in case she's somewhere in the NRV listening? Uh, you know, it's Valentine's Day. I mean, I'd rather wait and tell her in person. Oh. You have a plan? You have a speech? Nah. You jot down some notes? I just know now that I'm engaged, I feel like I have to step up my game a little bit, maybe. Interesting. I feel like there's a bit more expectations that come with that. So uh, we'll see how it goes. You uh, you had the opportunity to give the best gift on Valentine's Day, but you did it like a week before. Yeah, I didn't want to be cliche about it. I'd rather like it was more. That was more of a special day for us than it than Valentine's Day is. All right, um, okay, all right, okay. I'm just saying that ring is a nice little uh, nice little Valentine's it, Day. You could have saved yourself, you know, a little bit of of, yeah. of shopping around the Valentine's Day. She's worth it. Oh, there you go. That's what he wanted to tell her. She's worth it. Uh, it is Valentine's Day, but it is also Friday. Uh, so congratulations to everyone for making it through the work week. Assuming you work a traditional Monday to Friday, uh, and assuming you're out of bed already and not waking up with us on some kind of uh, you know bedside radio, uh, then then congratulations, you've done the hardest part of your Friday. At least to me, the hardest part is just getting feet on floor, right? Getting out from under those covers on a cold day like today. Uh, as soon as you do that, heck, Friday's practically over. You can conquer the world. Exactly. So, uh, so congratulations on making it through the work week. Uh, as you head into the weekend, there's probably a few things that you need to know about, right? If, you, if you're going to hit a weekend happy hour, a barbecue, I might, might still be too cold for barbecues. I'm always looking for barbecue season. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, you could, you could go out there and grill. Yeah, you could cook out. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm down with it. Um, or, you know, you're going to go somewhere and, and just hang out with some friends, maybe play some pool. I don't know, ping pong. Maybe, maybe you're gonna spend Valentine's Day just watching watching a game yep. with and, your with your loved one. And and if you uh, enter into a sports conversation, we want to make sure you have the information necessary to participate in that sports conversation. And that's why we bring you Gotch Covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry, Tim will get you covered. And we're going to start by getting you covered with the biggest news of the upcoming weekend. You may think it's golf. You may think it's the NBA All-Star Game. You may think it's college football recruiting. You may think it's all of these other things, the Astros. Oh, no, no, no. It is the XFL week number two, four more games. And get this, two of the games are between undefeated teams. There's only eight teams in the league, but all four that won last weekend are matched up against each other. The New York New York Guardians are taking on the D.C. Defenders in D.C. Both are 1-0, which means two of the most recognizable names in the league, Cardale Jones, he who won a national championship at Ohio State, and Matt McGloin, he who started half a season in the NFL with the Oakland Raiders, are going up against each other. That's right, by the end of this week, there will be one less undefeated team in the XFL. The other 1-0 versus 1-0 battle features the St. Louis Battlehawks, led by Jordan Tamu and uh, DeMornay Pearson L, and the Houston Roughnecks, which of course are my team and likely yours as well because it has Cam Phillips, 
former Hokie on the Houston Roughnecks. Those two teams, again, 1-0 and each by the end of this week. The, the undefeated teams will be cut in half, but we can guarantee that going into week three, there will be at least two undefeated squads in the XFL. The four teams that did not win last week, Tampa Bay Vipers, Seattle Dragons, Dallas Renegades, LA Wildcats, they will all also be playing this weekend as the XFL gets week number two started. Zion Williamson for the second consecutive game put up a quote-unquote career high. Feels a little crazy calling it a career high considering he's been playing for 11 games or whatever it's been, Um, but he put up 32 points and in the process made himself the youngest player in NBA history. From the beginning of the NBA till now, he is the youngest player to score 20-plus points in six consecutive games. Now, that includes the likes of Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, uh, Tracy McGrady, some of these guys that went straight from high school to the pros. Zion did not do that, did play the one year at Duke, but he is still the youngest player to score 20-plus points in six straight games. I think it's time we start talking about him as a dark horse candidate to win the, the Rookie of the Year award, even though he was not around for the first part of the season. Moving right along, the Astros were forced to apologize by public perception, and they got up in front of a podium and or in front of their lockers, and just like a six-year-old whose mom said, you go apologize, they walked up there and said the words with absolutely no meaning behind them at all. They might as well have gone, oh, sorry, and then run into the other room to keep creating mischief. They did not come across as sincere at all, and that includes owner Jim Crane, who basically said, we cheated, but that didn't affect anything. We would have won anyway without the cheating. First of all, I completely disagree. Uh, Why would you cheat if it didn't affect anything? Second of all, have some contrition. Show some remorse. You know this is a PR battle. A lot of conversations about what's going to go on with the Astros when they get in the batter's box this upcoming year. Uh, Many people expecting a ton of bean balls, which essentially means 95-mile-an-hour fastballs to the face in order for them to get a little bit of payback. Now, if you listen to this show, you know that I think that is ridiculous. It is dangerous, and and as a pitcher, I would not potentially want that blood on my hands knowing that if someone got seriously hurt, I had done it on purpose. But what I will say is if you are baseball and you quote-unquote self-govern and you let the players take care of it and you're not going to punish any of the players that cheated, then I think you have to expect the self-governing system, which is the 95-mile-an-hour fastball to the face, is going to take care of what you refuse to take care of. So if I were the Astros, one thing I would get used to doing uh, is is fighting. <laughs> I'd have to get used to charging the mound. And if you look at the Hokies today, or I should say tomorrow when they take on Pittsburgh, priority number one is simply get a win. The Hokies have lost six of their last seven. They were 13-4 and four at one point in time. Now they have 10 losses and 14 wins. So that can just show you where their season has gone. So by any means necessary, get Landers Nolly, get Tyrese Radford, get Jalen Cohn going offensively. Pittsburgh is very much a good matchup for the Hokies. No one over six feet, six inches tall averages more than five points for Pittsburgh. Their three leading scorers are all underclassmen for Pittsburgh, which means many of their weaknesses match up with the Hokies' weaknesses. The Hokies can go ahead and get a win, knock off, knock themselves off that schneid if they do what they're supposed to do this weekend.
That is Got You Covered. This is the Tim Donnelly Show. You're tuned into the WRAD Radio Network on a Friday, 7.15 the time. And uh, tomorrow, big game for the, for the Virginia Tech Hokies against Pittsburgh. Do you know why it's a big game, Lobro? Why is it a big game? Because Tim? they've lost six of seven. Oh, that's right. And it is, and, and they've lost six of seven and five straight. So do you know what that makes this? By any means necessary time. I mean, it's been like that for the past couple of weeks. No, 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 no. Because, you know, you can, you can sustain some losses on a young team and, and still be moving forward in the right direction. It's by any means necessary time. I don't care if they win this one 12 to 8. I don't care if they play Virginia basketball. I don't care if they get up and down and shoot 500 threes. I don't care if every single one of their starters foul out. I don't care if Mike Young has to get out there and play a little shooting guard. I don't care. Ace Custis is in the program. Maybe he's got to go out there, put on a jersey, and pretend like he's 19 again. By any means necessary, this team needs to get a win. It's about preventing losing culture for a young program. I say it often. The best indicator of future success is past success. You're hiring a coach and you want to hire a coach that is likely to win in the future. You should hire a coach that has won in the past, right? If if, if you are bringing in a player who has won in the past, likely you will win in the future. The best indicator of past success, excuse me, the best indicator of future success is past success. So what does that tell you if this year's team doesn't win or goes on long losing streaks for the Hokies? That would mean in the future, it's more likely to happen again. Losing is one of those things. I've seen it happen time and time again, where once it becomes the norm, once it becomes okay, once it becomes often enough, that it doesn't sit in your stomach like a ton of bricks after each and every loss, your program is irreparably harmed. You need to win games to prevent losing from becoming routine. Six of seven with your one win coming in a double overtime game against North Carolina, that's a problem. That's you need you you need these guys on the team, right? Name name a player, Lobro. Landers Nolly. Perfect. Landers Nolly. Naheem Aline, Jalen Cohn, Hunter Couture, Wabisabidi, PJ Horn, Tyrese Radford. Tyrese Radford, John Ogiaco. Whole squad. All of them. You need to make sure that when they hit the locker room in the pregame. They're still hoping to win. And I'm not talking about like, you know, your conscious thoughts because everyone hopes to win. Right? Every, you go into bad situations where you don't think you're going to win and your conscious mind is saying you're going to win. The Oscars just took place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone and their mother knew that Joaquin Phoenix was going to win Best Actor for The Joker, right? Every prediction had him. Every voter guess had him. Uh, Every analyst critic had him winning, right? You can't tell me 
that the conscious mind of all the other nominees was still sitting there running through the notes of their acceptance speech when that name was read. But you also can't tell me that in their subconscious, they knew they weren't going to win. Right? Their, their very, very forward brain was probably going, you know what? I think I put in a pretty good performance. And Joaquin, you know, it's a superhero movie. Those don't win Best Actor that often. You know, I think I probably have a chance here to go ahead and, and, and win this one. But in the back of their mind, they were like, yeah, but I didn't win. What you need to prevent from happening is that back of mind, yeah, we're probably not going to win. The Hokies have lost six of seven, five straight. How many consecutive losses would it take for them to be in the pregame locker room saying, hey, we could win this. If we knock down threes, if we play our defense, if we get the ball moving, we could win this. But in the back of their mind, yeah, we're not going to win. How many losses? I don't want to find out. Right? Like, are you old enough to, or young enough or old enough, whatever it's supposed to be? Are you old enough to know about the owl that eats lollipops? Are you talking about the Tootsie Pops? Yeah. Thing? Yeah, yeah. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? I don't think they've changed their commercial since, like, the 60s One, or whatever. two, three. Right? It's always three. That's how I want it to be. How many losses does it take consecutively for the Hokies to have permanently in the back of their mind, yeah, we're probably going to lose this one. So you're saying they need some pregame Tootsie Pops. I'm just saying I want them to win well before you get near that limit. By any means necessary. I wonder how many licks it actually takes. I'm sure you can Google it. I'm sure there are people that have sat there and with a pitch counter or something. Uh, so anyway, that's what's going on with Virginia Tech and their mindset. When we come back, let's take a look at Pittsburgh and what they're bringing to the table and how in many respects this Virginia Tech-Pittsburgh game is a bit like looking in a mirror. Stick around. Tim Donnelly is the lead activist for players' rights. He's a fan of logic and reason, except when it comes to Tiger Woods. Hey, it's, uh, it's Tiger more of the Tim Donnelly Show is coming your way next on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show continuing here on the talk of the New River Valley. Uh, we are talking about the Virginia Tech-Pittsburgh game. And just so you know, you can catch that game on 105.3 The Bear, our sister station, and the flagship for Virginia Tech Athletics. Uh, Virginia Tech is home, so Pittsburgh at Virginia Tech, the spot for that one. Now, as I said going into the break, playing Pittsburgh for the Hokies is it's it might not be like looking into a mirror mirror, but it's a funhouse mirror, right? It's it's similar enough that you can still recognize yourself, even though it's it looks different. No one over six feet six inches tall averages more than five points per game for Pittsburgh. That's not to say they don't have some taller guys in the rotation, but I am saying that if if Virginia Tech is looking to bottle up their big guys. It's not quite the same as some of the big guys they faced on this losing streak that they have to, you know, hold that that traditionally score in double figures. These guys are not the offensive threats that they have been facing, which is excellent, excellent, excellent news for the Hokies because they struggle with size, and we knew they would, and they are. So, so Pittsburgh, similarly to Virginia Tech, like I said, that funhouse mirror. Um, not very big in the beginning of their production. Also, Pittsburgh's three leading scorers, 
are underclassmen, right? Again, it's not the exact same as Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's four leading scorers are all freshmen. So, you know, it's not just underclassmen, it's freshmen, and it's not just three, it's four. But Pittsburgh is still leaning on youth to score the basketball in a similar way to Virginia Tech. So that's what I'm talking about when I say, you know, weaknesses kind of align for these two teams. Neither team is going to have a post presence that you just toss it down onto the block and say, go get me a double-double. Neither team is going to have the senior scorer that they give the ball to and say, get me 23 points. We need to have a veteran scoring presence. Both teams do have strong perimeters. Both teams do have tremendous youth ability. Neither team has something they can lean on wholeheartedly. Now, Pittsburgh is a tremendous defensive team. And, and the, the disparity, right? The reason why Pittsburgh is not tremendously good has nothing to do with their defense. Let me explain. There's 353 Division I teams. Offensively, meaning in points scored, which is you know what offense is, scoring points, Pittsburgh is 304th. 304th out of 353. That's not good. Right, And you would expect Power 5 teams to be much closer to the top than 304th. Defensively, however, points allowed, which is what defense is, they're 42nd. They are, I can do basic math, right? 250, nope, 262. Did I do that right? Yeah, 262 positions better in the rankings defensively than offensively. So if you're Virginia Tech, priority numero uno, priority number one, top of the list, number one on the to-do sheet, right? First thing on the agenda, get Landers, Nolly, Tyrese Radford, and Jalen Cohn going offensively. Get them scoring in positions they enjoy. Get Landers Nolly the ball on the wing. Get Tyrese Radford slashing to the bucket. Get Jalen Cohn on pull-up jumpers. They need to get going because when you're playing a team who relies on their defense, you need your best offensive weapons to show up and play well. They've had some time off. They've had a couple days to get their legs back under them. Use that energy to go light up a good defensive team. Right, if you're to use football as the example, if you're playing a team with three all pros in the secondary, your quarterback and wide receivers better show up that day. If you're playing a team with great defensive abilities or or significantly better defensive abilities than offensive abilities, your offensive studs better show up to play. Priority numero uno for the Virginia Tech Hokies: Landers, Nolly, Tyrese, Radford, Jalen Cohn. Get them the ball in situations that they feel comfortable scoring in and let them score. Don't depend on your your tertiary scores to bail you out against a good defensive team like Pittsburgh. Let's take a break when we come back. Time for our favorite segment of Hokie Hour. Time for Hashtag Hokies. Next. Tim Donnelly Show rolling along here on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM as well. Producer Lobro joining me here inside the Makadoo studio. Guests and callers do join us 
on the Baker team hotline. That's 540-639-4900. That's 540-639-4900. Producer Lobro, haven't done this in a while. It is uh, Valentine's Day. Why don't you go ahead and give the people a half-hearted weather update in case they're planning some outdoor activities on this couple's holiday. Well, it's a little cold outside, uh, but hopefully your heart is warm today with all the Valentine's Whoa. festivities. I'm getting, a little, I'm getting a little sentimental and stuff, you know? But uh, I don't know, man. It's a little chilly outside, so you may want to make sure you got a layer or two on. If you go for a nice walk, you want to take, take your someone special to like a nice spot. You know, a nice, beautiful, romantic little spot up by the lake or something just to kind of stand around and then decide it's too cold and get back in the car. (laughs) Because, I mean, what else are you going to do on a cold day? I just imagine you out there taking your fiancé and like, all right, what's the plan? And you going, oh, we're just going to stand around. Just going to stand around, look at the water, you know, like look at the fish. It's it's a little chilly. Like I'd say it's probably like – I haven't been outside in a long time, but it was cold at 3.30 this morning. I'd say it's probably like in the 30s, like maybe low 30s. So, uh, you know, wear a jacket and uh, stay warm. Have a have a warm heart today. If, if you take out the part about a warm heart, that might be the most normal half-hearted weather report you've ever given. You threw out actual temperatures. You said it was cold. You told them to wear some extra clothes. It's a holiday. I take this very seriously The, on the only thing that was half-hearted weatherish was when you said you have a warm heart on this Valentine's. When you, st- when you started writing like the uh, a love poem. like the Valentine's cards that are still left because all the funny ones were taken, roses are red. Do you do you ever blue. do you ever give a, a Hallmark card that isn't funny? Like, um, a, do you do you ever go for like the emotional one? Because like like when I'm looking for cards, right? Uh, I'm looking for for jokes. I'm looking for for laughter. And then every once in a while, I accidentally pick one up where it just says like. On this Valentine's Day, dot, 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 on the cover, on the front. Then you open it up, and on the inside it says, like, I want you to know how cherished you are, how loved you should feel, and how wonderful you make my life. And I'm like, ugh. And I put it back. I mean, here's the thing. She has kind of <laughs> recently I, – I see, the thing is, I don't like – I'm not a cheapskate by any means, but, like, I don't like spending exuberant amounts on cards. But here's the cards thing. Cards are, like, $2. What do you mean? There are some in Hallmark that are closer to $10. Only if you're like they sing like to the, you and pop like up when you senti- open them. Those are like the sentimental, like the velvety nice cards. Here's the thing. She stepped up her card game a little bit. Okay. Like I used to get pretty much the, the cheap, like the joke ones and stuff. Uh, jokes are better. I'm all about laughs. I know. I, I like the joke things too, but I think it's, I think like, I'm, Let's just say I might like, I might start trying my card game a little different. I might step up my card game a tiny little bit. We'll see. What, now, when you say step it up, are you talking about like the mushy ones? Like getting a getting a nice like, yeah, like a nice like romantic one, you know, that makes you feel makes them feel important and stuff. I mean, there's gonna see, be I didn't, jokes I didn't too. know that people actually got those because I feel like the the years where I waited until the the day before, I always had my pick of the the mushy gushy romantic ones. But all the funny ones were taken. Because I feel like everyone was going after the funny. Well, now I feel like I need to go back and, like... Did you get did you got a mushy-gushy? Hope she's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm the weirdo and, and my wife is sitting home going, I wish he would actually tell me how he feels. I wish he would write me a handwritten letter telling me how oh, he I always, feels. I always write a note on the inside. Whether it's funny oh, yeah. or not, I always, I always write a note on the inside. You've got to. You've got to. Um, but... but yeah, I'm always looking for the, I'm always looking for the jokes. You know, you never really realize 
how intense card buying can be until you go into like a hallmark or you go into you like, see a everyone store, staring at and it. everyone's just like and the thing is i felt like i was taking a long time but then there'd be like some older gentleman like in the same aisle and we're just staring picking up every single card looking inside of it like you don't realize how intense that and is then, you gotta find the perfect card have you ever uh there's a great stand-up by Kevin James on it. Kevin James, the guy from King of Queens. Right. He does a stand-up. Uh, it's called Sweat the Small Stuff, and it is hilarious about the difference between uh, men and women buying cards and how men and women react to getting cards differently as well. I might, I might have to look that up. It's, He's pretty funny. It's sweat, The whole Sweat the Small Stuff stand-up, might, it, I'm going to say it. It's one of my top five stand-ups of all time. I'll have to check it out. I of like Kevin all James. Time. Uh, and it's back from from the days where he was top of his game. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into our favorite segment of Hokie Hour. It is called Hashtag Hokies. Real simple. We go on to Twitter. We find the, the tweets and movements that start the conversations that we want to have, and then we drag those tweets into the light and have the conversations right here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Uh, we do have a caller that is calling in right now. All right, we're going to have a caller join us on the Baker Team Hotline before we go into the hashtag Hokies side of things. Uh, Lobro, who are we talking to on the Baker Team Hotline? We got a call from Rocky on the Baker Team Hotline on this Valentine's Day. All right, Rocky, what's going on, my man? Hey, tertiary. Not only is Tim Donnelly a mathematical genius, but also a towering literary figure. I always enjoy the Tim Donnelly description. I wouldn't say that one of the most romantic things you can do today Mm -hmm. is take your wife to the North Carolina Central game in Durham as the (laughs) Rapid Highlanders open up their baseball season (laughs) and kick it off. Nothing says I love you like Radford baseball. Tim, I consider you to be a great American. Do you have your season tickets for Radford baseball? I do do not. I I reluctantly say, but Luckily, you know, media can can get in on those. So, um, so uh, I do not. But I I will say that if my wife is listening, she is probably going. Rocky, what are you doing to me? I don't want to end up at a baseball game today. Well, yeah, I think that's one of the things that could really bring couples together. So I think Tim, <laughs> if you take the extra effort, she's going to see how much you love her, and she'll love you forever. So it is worth the effort, Tim. Right. Pre- uh, my question it, is: Do you think the Radford Highlanders will be able to get? Home field, or sorry, home court in the You're big South in tournament. Season. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think they're they're one of the better teams in the in the conference. Um, and and it, I mean, with it just Gardner com- Webb beating Winthrop last night, it seems like that door is open just a it's, little bit. It's, it's, it's a jar. Yeah, I don't, the I, Highlanders. I don't know if I want to say it's likely, but but I mean, the door is open, and Mike Jones and those guys are playing well. So you know, crazier things have happened. Yep, big game Saturday against Campbell at the Deadman Center. So I'll see you there, Tim. And happy Valentine's Day to Lobro, who's getting married. Mm-hmm. Lobro, I'm sure you're going to be a great husband. Congratulations. Thanks, thanks Rocky. Appreciate that. All right, thanks, Rocky. Uh, that's Rocky on the Baker Team Hotline here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Uh, yeah, I don't know how my, my wife would do with the whole baseball game on Valentine's. Hey, I mean, if you need if you absolutely need plans, though, that seems like a decent way to spend it. I mean, there's worse <laughs> ways you could spend it. Yeah, sitting outside in the cold. I wasn't like, gonna. You, I wasn't gonna like you. You have you. Detail. You have to acknowledge what my wife puts up with on a daily basis, right? Most get, most days we get home and it's immediately. Uh, all right, I got to get the game on. All right, got to turn the game on. All right, well, well, you know, hey, well, what are you watching? Can we turn it to the game? 
And she just wants to watch like a movie and you're just yeah, watching the movie, game. television, or music or read or whatever. And I'm like, I gotta get the game on. So she puts up with with a lot. So I'm not sure if on Valentine's Day, anniversary, birthdays, if on those days I was like, hey, guess what? <laughs> We're going to the game. Might not play out well in my favor. Um, might just a little bit. Uh, let's jump into hashtag Hokies, starting with a tweet from at Gil underscore Brandt, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, uh, organized some of the best teams as a talent evaluator in, in NFL history. Now he's an analyst. He put out a list of 90 players he's going to be looking at at the Combine. 90 players. Listed six tight ends. Did not list Dalton Keene. Did not list Dalton Keene. Now, if you listen to the show, you know that I am 100% in favor of players making decisions that are good for players, right? No one knows what Dalton Keene is going through other than Dalton Keene and maybe his close friends and family, right? So he made the decision to go pro. I'm happy for him. I, I, I believe there should be an off-ramp post-draft where if you don't get drafted or if you don't get drafted in the first four rounds or if you don't get drafted on the first two days, whatever it is, you can come back to school. Because I want to see Dalton Keene succeed. I believe he is an NFL-quality tight end, but if they don't see it, if there are Gil Brants out there that don't see it, I want Dalton Keene to have the opportunity to come back to Virginia Tech for another season or to, to graduate and go play somewhere else for another season, right? Do what's best for him because, because it, it worries me that a player like Dalton Keene might be going under the radar and might not be given every opportunity to succeed because he's good enough and I believe he would succeed if given the opportunity. Next, hashtag Hokies. There's this groundswell movement, right, on, on Twitter, kind of, where the Chargers are just alluding to, the LA Chargers. They're just hinting that maybe Tyrod Taylor could be their starting quarterback next year. Right? The the mutual parting of ways with Phillip Rivers has already happened. So you know for the first whatever it is, first time in 16 years, there's going to be a new quarterback as the starter for for the at one point San Diego now LA Chargers. And there's just been hints, winks about Maybe Tyrod could be the guy. Hmm. I'll tell you what's happening. They're floating it for public approval, right? They've seen some things that maybe Lamar Jackson can do that Tyrod can also do, right? They've seen some offenses that can benefit from the way a a dual threat quarterback can operate. They understand that they have Tyrod Taylor on the cheap, cheap, and they can build that, that roster up around him if they don't have to pay for another quarterback. And they're seriously considering making Tyrod Taylor the starting quarterback of the Chargers. But they don't want to, especially moving into a new city with a new stadium and they can't fill it and all these other things, they want to know that the fan base and that America is cool with them starting Tyrod. Right, because they can't afford to start him if they're going to be the laughing stock of the league because they're trying to build a fan base in a new stadium and a new city. So, so if you want to see Tyrod get a chance, you need to make it very clear to everyone that it is completely okay that he gets a chance. Just kind of a cool thing about Twitter. Let's take a break. When we come back, assistant coach pay. We'll revisit it. How much are the Hokies making and what does it mean next? 
He's Delaware's best holder. That's hilarious. It's not meant to be funny. It's meant to be devastating. The Tim Donnelly Show will be right back on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show, Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, 1460 AM. Also, you can catch us live stream, TuneIn app on your phone, anywhere your smartphone has connection. Go on the TuneIn app, download it, search for WRAD, uh, and, and you can listen live right along with us, 6 to 9 every weekday morning. You can also uh, do the same at WRADradio.com, and you can also uh, uh, listen to the podcast. Everywhere podcasts can be found, and that obviously is not live, but it is posted shortly at the end of each hour. Uh, and the entire thing is up there, you know, well before noon each day. So you can listen in the afternoon uh, when you're doing your afternoon activities, if you so choose. And we would greatly appreciate it if you rate, review, and subscribe. Now, assistant coach pay. Yesterday, maybe the night before, uh, it became public how much the assistant coaches were making for Virginia Tech. And, and I had a few initial reactions, but after thinking about it, one thing stood out to me. Going from Bud Foster to Justin Hamilton, um, saved the Hokies money, right? Obviously, Bud Foster is the greatest defensive coordinator to ever live. He had been there for a billion years. He, he ended up, uh, you know, towards the end of his career, making really, really good money, right? Making, making rightfully so, and he probably should have been making more, but making good money. Uh, so, so Justin Hamilton, in his first year as defensive coordinator, is making less. So that allowed them to save some money while still paying more on guys like Tracy Clays, who's a linebackers coach that's making half a million, Bill Tierlink, who's a defensive line coach making 400 grand, right? They were able to take what they saved on defensive coordinator and disperse a lot of it amongst the defensive coaching staff. So now I have a question. What if it all goes right? Right? What if Justin Hamilton, as I think he will, becomes one of the rising stars in sports? Right? What if everything that everyone says about him is true and he truly has one of those smart minds and he truly has one of those magnetic personalities and he truly has the ability to build a top-flight defense and, and you look at the linebackers and Dax Hollyfield's playing great, Rayshard Ashby's all ACC, Alan Tisdale's covering guys like White on Rice and Tracy Clays is responsible for it and you look at the defensive line right? and, and uh, all of these young players Alec Bryant, Robert Wooten, Justin Beatles, Darrell Bailey Jr., all of these guys develop into super studs, and they're going to the NFL, and it's because Bill Tierlink and Daryl Tapp are doing their thing developing defensive linemen. Are you prepared to retain these coaches as their salaries go up? Are you prepared to say, Justin, you're doing a great job. Here's some more cash. Bill Tierlink, I know you have NFL experience and many NFL teams would like to have you, especially after the success you're about to have here at Virginia Tech. But here's some more money we'd like to keep you. Daryl Tapp, you're making $175,000, which to most of us sounds like a pipe dream. But to you, we know you've made NFL money and you probably want to rise up those ranks. Does Virginia Tech have the fun to keep these tremendous coaches in in place. I loved each hire individually. When Justin Hamilton was named, I came out in favor of it immediately. When Tracy Clays was named, I came out in favor of it immediately. Same is true for Bill Tierling. Same is true for uh, Daryl Tapp. Love the hires. 
Give Fuente credit. To me, he knocked them all individually out of the park. But is a home run hitter any good if you lose him after the second inning? Are the Hokies prepared to pay these guys more than they're being made right now? Or is this a, hey, as long as we have a cheap defensive coordinator, we can pay you a bit more. But as you have success, Alabama, Clemson, is going to come and poach you away from us because we can't afford to keep up with the Joneses. I tweeted this out the other day, and and it's never been more true. To win in, in college football, Excuse me. Let me let me let me say it exactly how I said it on Twitter. Spending a ton of money does not guarantee that you will win in college football. But it's almost impossible to win in college football without spending a ton of money. Where there's money, there's a chance at winning. I hope the Hokies are planning to spend that ton of money so they have a chance to continue winning. We're going to take a break when we come back. Top of the hour. And oh, by the way, the Astros are still dirty, rotten, lying, cheating, no good cheaters. Next.